Section 33 of the Watergate Report, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Waldrop of Waynesville, North Carolina. Final Report of the Senate Select Committee on Presidential Campaign Activities, Volume 2, Section 33. Chapter 6. Milk Producer Contribution Activity in 1972, Prior to April 7th, The Justice Department Antitrust Suit Against AMPI. By the end of 1971, the milk producers had received much of the favorable treatment from the President that they had sought. Low import quotas, higher price supports, meetings with the President, and the Presidential Address to their convention. But they had also been the subject of a great deal of unfavorable publicity in connection with their attempts to honor their commitment for contributions. In order to make additional contributions in 1972, without that attendant publicity, they recontacted Kalmbach and tried to develop a different procedure for those contributions. At about the same time, a Justice Department antitrust investigation of AMPI culminated in the filing of a civil suit. This action impacted upon the contribution activity of the milk producers, at first chilling their interest in making additional contributions, and, according to Kalmbach's testimony and other evidence, later, just prior to April 7, 1972, resulting in a last-ditch effort by AMPI to seek a cessation of the suit as a quid pro quo for more secret contributions to the President's campaign. A. The Justice Department Antitrust Suit Against AMPI In the late 1960s and early 1970s, the Antitrust Division of the Justice Department received a number of complaints from independent dairy farmers against MPI and then later AMPI, alleging that the cooperative had engaged in predatory practices to squeeze smaller cooperatives out of their markets in order to monopolize their markets. A staff investigation was initiated, which led to a recommendation for a grand jury investigation, leading to possible criminal prosecution. Attorney General Mitchell rejected that recommendation and limited the department's action to a civil suit, which was filed on February 1, 1972. 1. Department Staff Investigation and Recommendations On February 23, 1971, the Justice Department authorized a preliminary investigation of AMPI's activities in the Dallas, Texas area, which soon expanded to a number of states in the central United States. Much of the original investigation was conducted by Rebecca Schneiderman, a trial attorney in the Chicago Regional Office of the Antitrust Division, who, after a several-month investigation, concluded that AMPI's activities were sufficiently anti-competitive to necessitate a grand jury investigation of the cooperative with a view to possible criminal prosecution. John Sarbaugh, chief of the Chicago office, concurred with Schneiderman, and on August 11, 1971, requested authority to conduct a grand jury investigation of AMPI. 
The request was forwarded to the Antitrust Division in Washington, D.C., where it was reviewed and approved by a succession of officials, all of whom concurred in the recommendation of the Chicago office. These officials included Badia J. Rashid, Director of Operations for the Antitrust Division, Gerald Connell, Chief of the Department's General Litigation Section, and Robert Hummel, Deputy Director of Operations. After the approval, the grand jury's request was sent to the office of the Assistant Attorney General for Antitrust, Richard McLaren, where it was reviewed by McLaren and his assistant, Walter B. Comages. McLaren consulted with Assistant Secretary of Agriculture, Richard Lang, to determine whether the Department of Agriculture objected to a grand jury investigation of AMPI, and Lang indicated that the department had no objection. Both Cummages and McLaren then approved the request, and on September 9, 1971, one week after the president had addressed the AMPI convention, McLaren forwarded a memorandum to Attorney General Mitchell requesting authority for a grand jury investigation. McLaren says he normally received a response from Mitchell on such matters within a week or two. When, by October 29, 1971, seven weeks later, McLaren received no response but had continued to receive complaints from milk producers about AMPI's conduct, he sent Attorney General Mitchell a second memorandum requesting authority for a grand jury and emphasizing those allegations that AMPI was continuing its predatory practices. 2. Attorney General Mitchell's Actions on November 30, 1971, in a departure, according to McLaren, from department practice, Attorney General Mitchell rejected the request for a grand jury investigation of AMPI. In a one-line memorandum, he instructed McLaren, Per our conversation, I request that you go the civil route, thereby limiting the case to a civil suit only. Although Mitchell does not remember the conversation or even turning down a request for a criminal investigation, he acknowledged that the memorandum must have reflected his decision. And Judge McLaren has stated that he did discuss the AMPI case with the Attorney General on November 30th. Apparently, in the course of their discussion, the Attorney General expressed the opinion that the Justice Department would have difficulty obtaining a criminal conviction in light of AMPI's defense that a federal statute applicable to farmer cooperatives, the Capper-Volstead Act, exempted its activities from the antitrust laws and that AMPI could claim they relied on advice of counsel. However, from the very start of the investigation, the Antitrust Division was cognizant of the provisions of the Act and the argument that the statute exempted AMPI from the otherwise applicable provisions of the antitrust laws. Based upon a long-standing Supreme Court precedent, everyone concerned had rejected that argument except Attorney General Mitchell. In response to a recent staff request, McLaren stated that Mitchell's action was unusual and that he could not recall any other specific instance in which Attorney General Mitchell turned down a recommendation from the Antitrust Division. McLaren further pointed out 
that to his knowledge mitchell had no particular expertise in this area and had no information that was not available to the antitrust division of the various alternatives available to the justice department under the circumstances in the case a criminal prosecution simultaneous criminal and civil suits or a civil suit only the attorney general's directive to mclaren limited the department to the minimum action which the government will pursue when the evidence indicates an antitrust violation in interviews with select committee staff some of the staff attorneys in the chicago office who had concurred in the appropriateness and need for a grand jury investigation stated that they were disappointed and surprised at the attorney general's decision aside from other considerations the decision to pursue the ampi case as a civil suit had an impact on the subsequent investigation in the case normally investigation of a civil suit is conducted by civil investigative demand cid a cumbersome procedure which moves very slowly if the person or organization under investigation resists the demand for information and documents a grand jury on the other hand has more extensive compulsory procedures including the ability to subpoena testimony and documents relative to the case from the party under investigation or from third parties recognizing the limitations of the cid and the apparent urgency of the complainants and perhaps in expectation of resistance by ampi mclaren directed the staff to obtain by interviews any further evidence needed to prepare a civil complaint in addition to that accumulated during the preceding nine-month investigation these instructions were carried out and a civil complaint against ampi was drafted which alleged generally that the co-op had violated sections one and two of the sherman act among the specific allegations of the complaint it was asserted that ampi had one depressed the price which its competitors could receive for their milk by loading the pool while protecting ampi members from economic loss two agreed that processors who purchase milk from ampi would not purchase milk from competitors of ampi or would pay a substantially higher price for their milk than those who did not deal with ampi's competitors and three agreed that some processors would not sell or deliver milk acquired from ampi to other processors except as directed by ampi the complaint also alleged that ampi had acquired competing processors and haulers and as part of its base excess plan forced its producer members to sign membership agreements forbidding the producers from competing with ampi for a period of five years after terminating membership in the co-op in late december 1971 the chicago office sent a copy of the proposed complaint and a memorandum summarizing the evidence to support the suit to washington on january 18 1972 following review of the case in the antitrust division including the making of minor changes in the complaint mclaren met again with assistant secretary ling and showed him a copy of the proposed complaint against ampi 
Ling stated that he had no objection to the complaint and that he would advise the Secretary of Agriculture of McLaren's proposed action. McLaren then forwarded the complaint and fact memorandum to the Attorney General with an accompanying note in which he stressed AMPI's grossly predatory practices and strongly urged the Attorney General to approve the suit. On January 22, 1972, Attorney General Mitchell approved the complaint and sent it to McLaren with a note which said, I suggest you get these people in before you file. McLaren says that Mitchell specifically directed him at that time to give AMPI the opportunity to enter into pre-filing negotiations. The committee received conflicting evidence on the regularity of undertaking pre-filing negotiations. Pre-filing negotiations are undertaken in an attempt to have the parties agree to a consent decree, which is then filed with the complaint in settlement of the case. While according to McLaren, pre-filing negotiations are very common and it is not unusual for the Antitrust Division to inquire of the prospective defendants whether they wish to pre-file in all cases, other Antitrust Division officials told the committee staff that they viewed pre-filing negotiations to be appropriate only when the defendants have agreed in principle to the terms of the relief sought by the government in its complaint. Although it apparently was not unusual for Mitchell to send notes to McLaren on a variety of subjects and that at the time McLaren did not consider his written communication unusual or significant, Mitchell's written directive to McLaren must be viewed in the light of Mitchell's participation at that time, described in 6b below, to raise $1 million or more in campaign contributions for AMPI. Nonetheless, the division carried out Mitchell's order, until it became clear that, after all, the AMPI case was an inappropriate one for pre-filing negotiations. 3. Pre-filing negotiations and the filing of the suit. On Monday, January 24, 1972, Sarbaugh contacted Stuart Russell, one of the counsel for AMPI, and informed him that the Chicago office had been authorized to file an antitrust complaint against AMPI and to ask AMPI if it wanted to engage in pre-filing negotiations, which might lead to a consent decree. Sarbaugh gave Russell until Thursday, January 27th, to respond, and in keeping with division practice, he stated that the government would permit the negotiations to continue for a period of time not to exceed 60 days. Otherwise, the complaint would be filed Friday, January 28, 1972. In response, Russell told Sarbaugh that AMPI would probably want to negotiate and that he would contact AMPI's Chicago counsel, Martin Burns, who would most likely contact the Chicago office to see the complaint. On Tuesday, January 25, 1972, Burns read the complaint, and on January 26, he called to say that AMPI wanted to engage in pre-filing negotiations. On January 27, 1972, at a meeting with the staff at the Chicago office, Burns and his partner, Erwin Henninger, 
confirmed AMPI's intention to engage in pre-filing negotiations. However, it soon became clear that AMPI was not prepared to agree in principle to the relief requested by the government, the threshold requirement for the negotiations to continue. For example, according to Sarbaugh, Henninger questioned the propriety of the civil antitrust complaint and stated his belief that a number of AMPI's alleged activities were exempt under the Capper-Volstead Act. There also seemed to be another component to AMPI's tactics in the negotiations. At that point in late January, McLaren was scheduled to leave his post for a federal judgeship in less than a week. The 60-day pre-filing negotiations, if completed, would extend well beyond the time of his departure. Sarbaugh says that at the January 27th meeting, Henninger mentioned that with McLaren leaving the department, the complaint would probably have to be signed by his successor before it could be filed. Henninger also referred to the fact that dairymen were big political contributors. Sarbaugh, who had known Henninger professionally for a number of years, was shocked and concerned by the reference to political contributions. He thought this was the most blunt and tactless comment he had ever heard Henninger make. Its meaning was clear, at least to Sarbaugh and McLaren. By stalling beyond the time of McLaren's departure, AMPI might be able to use the pre-filing negotiation period to block politically the filing of the suit. Although the meeting ended with the understanding that negotiations would continue, Sarbaugh made it clear to Henninger that the government was not committed to pre-filing negotiations for the full 60-day period and that the complaint would be filed if, at any time, the parties reached an impasse in the negotiations. Sarbaugh was concerned about Henninger's attitude toward the negotiations. He felt that there had been no real agreement by Henninger that AMPI would accept the relief sought in the complaint. He was aware that dairy cooperatives had been big contributors, and in light of Henninger's comments, he brought the matter to the attention of Assistant Attorney General McLaren, who instructed him to call Henninger and tell him that the Chicago office would give him a proposed consent decree by the close of business on Friday, January 28th. McLaren said that unless AMPI consented to the basic terms of the proposed decree by the close of business on Monday, January 31st, the suit would be filed the next day, February 1st. Sarbaugh relayed the message to Henninger and told him that the AMPI case was not an appropriate case for pre-filing negotiations since AMPI had not requested the negotiations in the first place and that AMPI had not agreed in principle to the relief requested. The proposed final judgment was submitted to Henninger at 3.30 on Friday afternoon along with a letter requesting that AMPI make a written response before the close of business on Monday, January 31st. On Monday afternoon, Henninger called Sarbaugh and told him that AMPI could not meet the suggested deadline of the Antitrust Division, 
since it could not resolve all of the problems raised by the proposed judgment before the close of business that day. The antitrust suit was filed February 1, 1972, McLaren's last day in office at the Justice Department. B. White House involvement prior to the filing of the suit. McLaren's original recommendation for a grand jury in the AMPI case went to Mitchell on the very same date, September 10, 1971, that the milk producers were contributing the last $62,500 of the $232,500 to the multiple presidential campaign committees. During the next two months, while Mitchell was considering what action to take, White House aides began monitoring the antitrust investigation, and there is evidence that Mitchell conferred with Haldeman about the milk producer contributions and the antitrust problems before he turned down McLaren's recommendation for a grand jury investigation. There is also evidence that in January 1972, Mitchell was taking an active role in further solicitations of the milk producers at the very time he directed McLaren to enter in pre-filing negotiations with AMPI. 1. Monitoring of the Antitrust Investigation by White House Aides Although a resolution of antitrust problems was not on the original list of milk producer objectives outlined to Kalmbach in 1969, it was a subject of discussion between them and the White House in 1970 and 1971. Jack Gleason says he remembers meeting with Nelson and Parr in early 1970 and discussing their concern over possible trouble from the Justice Department. Henry Cashin, one of Colson's assistants, told the committee staff that sometime in 1971 or 1972, Marion Harrison told him that the dairy people were going to get clobbered by the antitrust division. Cashin says that since Justice Department matters were the responsibility in the White House of John Dean, he may have passed on the information to Dean and because of Colson's interest in the milk producers, to Colson too. On September 24, 1971, three weeks after the President spoke to the AMPI convention and two weeks after the $62,500 contribution was made and McLaren's recommendation went to Mitchell, Colson sent a memo to Haldeman, Eyes Only, entitled Milk Producers with the following information on the antitrust investigation. There is underway in the Justice Department at this moment an antitrust division investigation of the milk producer cooperatives. Attached is the 1956 court decision exempting the milk producers from applications of the antitrust laws. If this goes too far, there will be a number of very serious adverse consequences which I would be glad to elaborate on in detail. Haldeman says that he does not know what serious adverse consequences Colson meant and does not remember any White House concern about the antitrust investigation despite the continued interest evidenced by the President and his staff 
over milk producer support for the president's re-election effort. And despite the negative impact that criminal prosecution of the co-op and its leaders would be expected to have on that support. Haldeman apparently did want at least some further information on the matter, because on October 6th, Dean sent to Haldeman aide Gordon Strachan the information you requested, a report on a possible antitrust exemption for AMPI and the current activities within the Department of Justice concerning AMPI. At that point, the current activities included the recommendation for a grand jury investigation, which was awaiting Mitchell's approval. In his September 24th memo to Haldeman, Colson indicated that he wanted to stay out of it, and he suggested that the antitrust investigation should be taken up at one of your meetings. Haldeman apparently discussed the matter with Mitchell at a subsequent Political Matters meeting. 2. Haldeman-Mitchell Meeting There is evidence that Mitchell was deeply involved in the president's campaign long before he resigned as attorney general and that he regularly met with Haldeman, presidential assistant and later deputy campaign director for CRP, Jeb Stuart Magruder, and others to pass on campaign matters. One political matter scheduled for discussion at such a meeting was the antitrust investigation of the milk producers. On November 4, 1971, six days after McLaren's second memorandum to Mitchell repeating his recommendation for a grand jury investigation, a political matters meeting was held, attended by Haldeman and Mitchell, and for a part of the meeting, Magruder and Strachan. In preparation for the meeting, Strachan prepared an agenda of subjects to be discussed and a talking paper briefly detailing each subject. The agenda was distributed to all four attendees, but the talking paper was distributed to only Haldeman and Mitchell and not Magruder. Item 15 of the paper indicates that the department's antitrust investigation of the milk producers was to be discussed as well as milk money. 15. As you probably know, the milk producers currently enjoy an antitrust exemption resulting from a 1956 decision by the Federal District for the District of Columbia. A report here at the White House indicates the Antitrust Division at Justice is now investigating that exemption. Another report indicates that the Washington Post has assigned four reporters full-time on the Milk Money Project. Do I understand correctly that you have directed John Dean to review any reports that have to be filed on the Hill connected with the receipt of the milk money? Neither Haldeman nor Mitchell remembers any discussion at that meeting of the antitrust matter. Mitchell does not even remember knowing that the milk producers who were the subject of the investigation were the milk producers who were making campaign contributions. There seems little doubt, however, that the subject was taken up. Strachan has testified that matters not covered in one meeting were taken up at the next and the White House has not disclosed any agenda or talking paper for a subsequent political matters meeting in which the matter is listed. Although Mitchell denies it, 
the talking paper clearly suggests that the attorney general was informed of the connection between the milk producers under investigation and milk money and that haldeman and the attorney general discussed the investigation in the context of the campaign and milk producer contributions the day before his meeting with mitchell november third and again on november twenty ninth the day before mitchell's rejection of the request for a grand jury haldeman met with choitner who was counsel to the milk producers haldeman does not remember discussing the antitrust suit with choitner at either of these meetings three other mitchell contacts mitchell also met with kalmbach several times during the september tenth to november thirtieth time period while the McLaren recommendation lay on his desk. Although he does not specifically recall speaking to him, Mitchell said in a staff interview that the only person other than Kalmbach with whom he may have discussed the antitrust suit was Choitner. On November 18th, according to Mitchell's logs, he had a series of afternoon meetings or conversations with Kalmbach and others who were familiar with the milk producers, although there is no evidence of what was discussed in those contacts. At 2.10, he met with Dean and Kalmbach. At 3.15, Harry Dent called him, and at 4.30, Haldeman called him. It appears that Mitchell then met with the president, because according to John Connolly's logs, Connolly received a call at 4.58 p.m. from Mitchell in the president's office. Twelve days later, Mitchell rejected McLaren's request for a grand jury investigation. In early 1972, when McLaren went back to Mitchell for his approval of the civil complaint against AMPI, Mitchell was again making campaign decisions concerning AMPI. As discussed in the following section, Kalmbach met with AMPI officials in January and February of 1972 to make arrangements for the remaining contribution toward their campaign commitment. On January 13, 1972, the day before one such meeting, Kalmbach conferred with Mitchell, who is reported to have been informed and to have approved of the continued Kalmbach AMPI contacts to seek ways for the co-ops to fulfill their $2 million commitment. On January 21st at 2.30, Mitchell met with Kalmbach on the subject of campaign contributions. At that meeting, Kalmbach reported to him that he had met with the milk producers who had confirmed that the milk money will continue to come in. The next day, Mitchell approved the civil suit, but directed McLaren to begin pre-filing negotiations. McLaren has stated that he caused the AMPI suit to be filed on February 1st before he left the department because he felt that AMPI was not engaging in the negotiations in good faith and that he wanted to preclude any possible attempt by AMPI to resist the filing of the suit by some political means. In view of the White House involvement, Henninger's reference during the pre-filing negotiations to political contributions and Mitchell's previous decision in the case favorable to the milk producers, there was a basis for McLaren's concern over the progress of the negotiations and the ultimate filing of the suit. 
There is also evidence that in the months that followed, AMPI officials offered more substantial contributions to gain a favorable resolution of the suit. End of Section 33 Recording by Paul Waldrop of Waynesville, North Carolina